What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie in the spookiest month. Today, we are taking a look at a classic, a certified classic, certified banger, three times platinum. Yeah, I couldn't think of another one. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, it's the HBIC the OG. The OG, the goat, if you will, of zombie movies. Yes, it is. I am so excited for us to be doing more zombies, as I always am yeah. whenever we're doing zombie stuff. Um, but this one is special. This mm -hmm. this is a big one because this is the iconic, the movie that a lot of people consider starting the genre. Mm -hmm. So um, it's kind of a big deal, you know? It's kind of a really big deal. I mean truly it's a staple uh mm -hmm. uh just a not only a genre staple but i just feel like a staple within just kind of movie making um specifically because it is not copyrighted so i feel like it is just one of those movies that is easily accessible and um also gets used in a lot of other movies because you can just play it and not have to pay for the rights of it um a mm -hmm. lot of times you'll see this movie being watched in other movies like people will be watching right. this on tv <laughs> so i feel like it's just kind of a pop culture icon mm -hmm. and to be honest i actually didn't know about the whole non-copyright thing until mm -hmm. we were getting ready to discuss this one because erica actually put me on to that and after you told me that it did make so much sense why we see this movie mm -hmm. so often in other horror films all the time specifically and it's always the opening scene um which it makes sense i i think that is the one that most people associate with this film is that they're coming, coming to get, to you, get barbara. you barbara um <laughs> but it's funny because i actually just watched haunt the other day with one of my friends and mm -hmm. yeah she's watching this movie at the beginning of that <laughs> movie and i was like damn that's crazy but mm -hmm. it makes so much sense when you realize that you, yeah, it's copyright free. Um, you do not have to pay to stream this movie anywhere. You don't have to pay if you wanted to show this movie anywhere. And that's also why there are so many remakes and spinoffs of this film is because, yeah, you don't have to do anything, which it's weird because it's one of those things that does suck for right. all that were involved because this was an independent film it had a low budget a lot of the people that worked on this film were doing it um not necessarily as a favor but you know it's not like they were making a bunch of money off of this they were doing it because they were passionate about it they were yeah. excited about it and they believed in it now as a result of this mishap <laughs> they did not get to see a lot of benefits from that which 
does really suck because for a low budget film, this movie ended up making a lot of money and would probably still be making a shit ton of money. Now, later on, um, you know, George Romero did do like a remake and did some other things that he would be able to make money from. But this the one like, I mean, this is the one. It's just it's unfortunate for everybody who worked on it. But at the same time, because of that, like I said, it is so accessible. And I feel like so many people now are able to watch this and continue to watch this, whether they can't pay for it or can't. And Mm -hmm. that is. I mean, that is like I, I think that's nice in the sense of I feel like this movie will have just exponential longevity as a result. Yeah, absolutely. This is one of those films that's just going to, I think, always remain iconic and always will hold that significance despite the kind of copyright flub that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, So in that regard, at least it does have that. But on a monetary level, it does suck that, you know, they didn't get every single coin that was supposed to be sent their way, which, Mm -hmm. like you said, there was a lot of them. But nonetheless, still a very respected movie. One that is, I think, beloved by a lot of people and one that I'm very, very excited to be discussing with you today. Yeah. Also, can I ask, when do you remember, like, your first time watching this movie? Um, yes, kind of, sort of. <laughs> um, and with that, I have to make a little bit of an admission because I've only seen this movie once before in my lifetime. Despite how much I love zombies, Uh, This Mm -hmm. movie I've only seen once, and it was when I was much younger. I want to say I was, like, maybe, like, 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, I thought it was boring the first time I saw it. Okay. But it's I really think it's because I was younger. It was in black and white. I really (laughs) did not like black and white films back then. I just instantly, my brain was like, boo, give me color. (laughs) Um, So a lot of things didn't resonate uh, when I watched it back then. Like, since, you know adulthood and like learning more about the film mm-hmm. i've gained an appreciation for it but i have not gone back to it actually and watched it as okay. an adult so this is my first adult watch of this movie do you want to know something kind of embarrassing what's up when i was younger i thought that the world used to be black and white and then one day became color <laughs> because <laughs> everything on tv from a you know from a very specific time was black and white and then all of a sudden it was like colorized uh-huh. and i didn't understand that that was just technology, technology. getting better <laughs> but now i was yo- like this is when i was little little when i was right. very young but i used to watch you know shows like i love lucy and things mm-hmm. like that and i just thought that that is what the world looked like <laughs> at the <laughs> time so <adorable. laughs> And you know what? I'm sure you weren't the only one. I, I, I gotta hope be honest. Not. Like you weren't the only not. one. I'm sure I probably at some point in my past had that passing thought too of like, huh, why is all these movies in black and white? Right. You know, you're young. You don't really understand these things. Uh, yeah, I mean, I hope someone else is 
<laughs> has thought that in the past. Um, I, 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 I hope for that for you as well. <laughs> thank you so much. But um, yeah, I just thought I would share share that because I actually really do did like black and white movies when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I though I am in a similar boat to you. This movie I have not returned to in a very long time i think i watched it a handful of times when i was younger but i also do know that it's a movie that i would watch in bits and pieces so like the first time i watched it i watched the full thing and then the next time i would hop in towards the end i feel like i've seen the end much more than i've seen the beginning to the middle um i've caught the end multiple times mm-hmm. and so there was a lot of stuff that upon this rewatch was kind of a refresher for me i am not even gonna hold you i completely forgot about um tom, tom and judy <laughs> dude so i forgot that they were in it because i just i always remember the family I always remember Ben and then I always remember Barbara. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I feel bad because they are actually a very integral part of the story. But when Tom stepped up on the scene, I said, who is this? And then when he (laughs) called Judy up, I was like, Judy, who are these people? (laughs) I completely (laughs) forgot about them and I feel bad, but I just missed that section a lot upon rewatches. I normally... Uh hop back in and when i say the end like i literally mean after they die that's usually when i catch this movie mm-hmm. that you know what it happens too again this is one of those movies that <laughs> was playing a lot so it's like mm-hmm. it it leans into that you probably even if you have like as a listener haven't watched the movie all the way through you've seen at least a couple of scenes especially yeah. if you're you know you grew up during the cable days like you've seen this movie oh for sure but that being said, I am interested to hear where you would rank this movie on our scare scale mm-hmm. with five being the scariest and one being not scary at all. Where does the original Night of the Living Dead fall? All right. So here's the deal. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here today in 2023 during this recording, it's like a 1.5. Like yeah. it's not for me scary at all um there's actually a bit of camp to this film that i never appreciated until now that we'll talk about a little bit later on but like i think comparatively to the things that we have now seen in the world and in movies like this just doesn't scare like it used to however however we'll caveat and say that when this came out there was nothing like it, you know, like this, this was some stuff that people had never seen before. So I think like back in the day, back in the sixties, easy five, you know, like this, this was okay. something that people had like nightmares and, and trauma induced things about, mm-hmm. but here today, you know, we've seen some shit. So I'm going to put it at a 1.5, at least for now. I, I think I'm going to be pretty similar. I would give this one maybe... I'm going to up it just a skosh, just a skosh. I'm going to give it like a 1.7, 1.8. Okay. Only because while re-watching this, I will say it's not necessarily that it's scary, but I will say the situation is very, very tense and stressful in a way that while I was watching it, I kept 
having to kind of put myself in the situation and wonder what I do when it was kind of that idea was scary. I also will say there's something about how humanistic the zombies are in this film that is so different than zombies that we get now that actually was kind of creepy to me in the sense of I imagine if these zombies did step on the scene, I wouldn't think twice about it and I'm getting eaten up because mm-hmm. it's like a, a zombie of today. Oh, it's so something is wrong with them. I'm on the run. But these ones, it's scary to think of someone that you love looking so much like themselves. Mm hmm but not being themselves. And so that idea to me is scary. But yeah, overall, it's not, there's no jump scares or anything. It's more just, I think when you let your imagination kind of run with the things that they're dealing with within this film, that it it ups the scare factor for me. Just a teensy tiny bit. Oh yeah, I feel that for sure. But all right, homies, we are entering into spoiler territory. So you have been warned. But today... We are talking about the original Night of the Living Dead from 1968. This film was directed by George A. Romero, written by John Russo and George A. Romero, starring Dwayne Jones as Ben, Judith O'Day as Barbara, Carl Hardman as Harry, Marilyn Eastman as Helen, Keith Wayne as Tom, and Judith Riley as Judy. Barbara and her brother Johnny are visiting their late father's grave in a remote cemetery. However, it isn't long before the two are attacked by a crazed, ghoulish-looking man. Barbara manages to escape to a secluded house where she meets Ben, a tenacious survivor looking for a place to escape the chaos. Together, they barricade the house, but will it withstand the horde of monsters now clawing at their doorstep? Insert headstone headshots, flame-broiled furniture, and a house full of people catching hands here. Our film concludes with Ben and Barbara finding a separate group of survivors hiding in the house. Can they work together until help arrives, or will they be feasted on by these flesh-eating ghouls? Also, they're coming to get you, Barbara. Roll credits. Truly, the gasp, I gasped when Ben straight up five finger punched Barbara. (laughs) I remember that being a slap. Same, same, bro. That took me so off guard when she caught that one straight to the jaw. It's a full blow. Like he gives her the jab and I... (laughs) I mean, I knew that. I just recall it being a slap. And I I know that he is in the heat of the moment. And that's just what had happened. But it really was crazy to me. I just, (laughs) I was not expecting that at all. (laughs) Look, I in no way will ever support the striking of a woman, right? But... The way that that punch just elevated the stakes of that scenario, <laughs> like, there was no question after that whether or not Ben was about his shit. This man did not give a fuck. He's like, I am surviving this night, and you can either do it with me, or I can do it without you. Like, no questions asked. 
it was lights out on sight for Barbara, <laughs> but it's crazy because he does that. And the thing about it is you can, you know, that he feels bad. It was just, you know, he had to, to, she was, she was trying to leave the house. She yeah. was trying to let these, them inside. Like that's, that's it wasn't, the thing is like the situation did call for some drastic esque measures for sure. Right. But he did skip a step because I do <laughs> feel like there were a couple things he could have done first before he got there. Um, and then later on, he's talking about nobody touches the girl. I'm like, Ben, Ben, <laughs> baby. <laughs> but I mean, Barbara understands. Barbara does not hold it against him. But it, it was just wild to mm-hmm. me. Did not recall that being the case. No, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I think in my notes during that section, I literally just wrote, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, yeah. And these are some stage combat-esque punches mm-hmm. that <laughs> Dwayne Jones is doing throughout this film. Dude, just real he quick, is... because we're on that topic, the yeah. combat in this, I love it every time. I <laughs> love it. It's just so, like, it's so clearly, like, people are not actually getting hit. And, like, right. everything is, like, stage choreography. But there is something about it that is just so funny and charming. And mm-hmm. like it always comes at the right time for me. I I don't know. It's it's one of my favorite parts of this movie. It's one of those you can very much tell that Dwayne Jones is like a theater actor, mm-hmm. and that is it's you can tell it a lot when he's monologuing, but also yes, with, specifically with the the combat. But what I love about it is because it's more of a stage combat type of punch. There's a certain way that he kind of like winds his body up to throw them, and that's a, that's even more of why that punch with Barbara looks crazy. Is <laughs> because he like has like wind up and pull back to do it. It's like one of those <laughs> cartoons where they like windmill their hand yeah. a couple times like, before they. <laughs> And then he does it, and then she's like, huh. and like the way that she falls, and he catches her, and he bounces her back. He's like, pop, pop. It's just like the whole, the whole choreography of it is wild. She, she has that like Mortal Kombat sway. Yeah, she <laughs> finish her. That's what it's crazy. Also, I, but I think across the board in this, the one thing that I just love about older films in general is the drama of them and when people get hurt how intense it is and I will actually say there's a lot of moments in this movie where it does feel quite realistic and almost modern there's a lot of this movie that holds up so so well but there are some of those sections where it's the like swoony Mm -hmm. i'm stumbling it's like the psycho when he falls down the stairs for 25 minutes like specifically with um harry Mm -hmm. after (laughs) after he gets Gets shot shot. (laughs) and he's like oh 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 and like stumbles through the door Tries to grab onto something, mm-hmm. doesn't, goes down the stairs, and it's like, oh, oh. but he's like going and <laughs> like turning around while he's doing it. Oh, I love, love it. it. I love the way that they would eat that scenery up. They mm-hmm. would eat that shit up. They said, oh, I'm gonna die. Okay, but I'm gonna die for two minutes. <laughs> it's so, so good. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's a lot of charm to some of the stuff that comes in this mm-hmm. honestly very grisly tale. Um, but since I'm sure the homies are so sick of hearing me talk about zombies, Erica, I would love to know what is in your notebook. Okay. I don't know why, but Barbara saying 
stop it. You're ignorant to um, Johnny. I was like, that's that's like such a diss. <laughs> I Something about it was like, ooh, I have, imagine someone calling you ignorant. I don't know. I Just something about it. I was like, skin. ooh, that was good. I kind of want to use that <laughs> at another you point. Ignorant. Which because honestly, with what he's doing, I... I guess that's true because he he is being slight. I guess he is being ignorant in a certain regard, but it just it's so it just feels so pointed. Like that was mm. something that she had been thinking in her mind for a long time, and Probably. then just finally decided to say it. <laughs> I mean, these two are really giving sibling. You know, like Johnny and Barbara oh, yeah. are very heavily um, promoting this idea that you know they're related and like it it works like i definitely feel that between the two of them um mm -hmm. honestly similarly to you because it's been so long since i've seen this film in its entirety i kind of always forget the setup of like why we get there like i always remember them in oh, the house really? but mm -hmm. i'm like why are we in the house like what what led us to get to the house um mm -hmm. it is this opening sequence which i do love like i really love i love yeah, the drive up um, with all the like little hints and clues that something is wrong. Mm -hmm. I love the sound that they, or the soundtrack that they use for it. And then once we get into the characters of Barbara and Johnny, I enjoy watching the two of them work together and like play off of each other. I love this whole notion that it's like Johnny's there very begrudgingly. Like he just like doesn't want to be there. And like a lot of the right. circumstances surrounding why they're there, I think are interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, but also just the way that it leads into the chaos, I think, is very well done. Um, I do think that Romero set up a great formula here for how to start a zombie film. And like y'all can't see it, but I'm doing zombie in quotes because technically they're never called zombies in this movie. This is yeah. before zombie was really a thing. Mm -hmm. um, so we're, you know, they're more like un they're reanimated ghouls. They're the undead, but they're not quite zombies. But we all know they're zombies. Yeah. Um, but I love the idea that we start this film with characters who are already in the chaos, but they don't know that they're in the chaos. Um, I I appreciate that because I think some films will, you know, have people do their normal every day and then we'll throw the zombie stuff in afterwards. Where it's this one's mm -hmm. like they're doing their normal every day, but the zombie has already happened. Like we're already knee deep into this reanimation of the undead once they get there yeah it's like i i think that one of the scariest things about situations like this is when yeah you have a very mundane just normal situation that you probably do quite often and then having that all of a sudden be completely uprooted and turned on its head is a scary idea that your life can go from being completely normal to completely different in the matter of moments and i feel like that shows a lot i think especially for barbara that's kind of the thing that rattles her is because yes this feels like a very normal day with her and her brother they kind of get into the silly little arguments these like silly little back and forth and that's even the stuff that she remembers later is like the bolt like the little random moments that's what she remembers about the day before it all went wrong and yeah, to have this totally normal situation and then 
have no warning because although they could have been warned because it starts to come on the radio, Johnny turns the radio off because he's about to get out of the car. So they don't have a head. They never have any kinds of kind of heads up about this, which we see variously throughout. It's some of our people kind of had a heads up and so haven't really dealt with it head on in the same way that some of our other characters have dealt like face to face with it and the different ways that they deal with that. Barbara is the instance of someone coming face to face with this scenario and kind of shutting down from it, Mm -hmm. which I think makes a lot of sense when you look to at the relationship between her and Johnny is I do think that you do see that her brother is kind of her protector and they do, although they have, you know, they have a very like back and forth relationship you can tell that they're different mm-hmm. people type of people but you can also tell that they do have a good relationship yeah. like a close relationship if nothing else they they obviously are close with each other and so him being taken out so early on it really rattles her right and kind of changes the way that she handles a situation throughout the rest of the film it would it's obviously so different than if johnny would have either still been there mm-hmm. or if johnny would have been the one to survive like a lot of her strength <laughs> goes away when he goes away not to say that she doesn't get that back because she does i think the thing about barbara that i find so interesting is i think you could look at her character and just kind of see her as this like sh- hysterical woman helpless damsel and to a certain degree she is a little bit hysterical in the beginning understandably so Mm -hmm. but i think what is clear about her is she is definitely trying so hard to like escape into herself and act like it's not happening like this isn't happening and it's like she's trying to find some kind of peace and calm by shutting down and like shutting the outside world out and kind of focusing on these things that she can handle which is like her brother or okay yeah we're gonna leave or okay yeah i'll get you i'll get these nails out like little things that she can handle that's like all she can she can focus on but what is nice about barbara is when it comes down to it when the going gets tough she is gonna help she's not just gonna be like uh, I'm not, I can't do, like, she is going to help. And in the end, she does try to help. Immediately, she gets killed. Mm-hmm. But the point of the matter is <laughs> she does try to help. And I do think that it's just one of those things where when it comes down to it, I do, th- she cares and she wants to be helpful. And I honestly do think that she, her and Ben do come to an understanding whether she kind of shows that or not. Like it is very clear that she does kind of see Ben as a protector and he almost becomes like a Johnny to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, there's only so much that he can do and there is only so much that she can do. And I feel like Johnny coming back and being the thing that kills her is one of the only things that could have taken her down because I feel like it once again, just sends her back into that panic of Mm -hmm. oh shit i'm like shut i can't handle this i'm shutting down again she was fine she was fine until johnny stepped on the scene 
Like she wasn't killing him, but she was holding him back. And mm-hmm. then Johnny steps in and she went, Oh my God. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny, no. <laughs> and then it was a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And look, I I don't fault Barbara for the way that she is through this film because, mm-hmm. like you said, I get it. And like in a situation like this, you never know how you're going to react to it or like how your mind is going to really uh, take all of this in. It's like homegirl just lost her brother mm-hmm. in front of her. Uh, granted, I do laugh every time going back to the combat of things. Oh, the way God. that Johnny's head so lightly grazes that rock to kill him makes me giggle. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's immediately knocked out. Just unconscious. Just out for the count. That's a wrap. On, that's a wrap on Johnny. Um, it's it's still one of those things where it's like I understand where she's coming from, but I still have to hold to the fact that despite not being the worst and going through her shit, homegirl really is kind of useless in the grand scheme of things. She tries to help. She mm-hmm. she you know puts the effort in to help once she finally is ready to help. But her help is like bringing three sticks to a man who is currently putting a door up on another door and boarding it up. She's like, here you go. And mm-hmm. like when in the end she does, she does do some real damage there. She is trying to hold them back best as she can. But mm-hmm. I think up until that moment in the end, homegirl is kind of lost in her void. But like I said, understandably so like I, I don't yeah. fault her for that. Yeah, especially because it's like it literally is a night. Yeah. The what is all happening? We don't know if Barbara would have kind of got gotten more accustomed to the idea because everything that we see within this film is happening in a very short time span. Mm-hmm. Also, Barbara never really knows what's going on. She's one of the only characters who doesn't quite know what's happening until uh, later on. And even she asked Ben, she's like, what is going on? And he don't say shit. Mm-mm. He says, get inside. And he doesn't <laughs> tell her what's happening. But also at the same time, if you think about it, what's the difference? What's is Barbara doing less than Helen? No, absolutely not. Right. But it's like it's kind of the framing of it for me where it's like before we get introduced to the rest of the group when it's just Barbara and Ben and yeah. Ben is real gung ho about like, hey. I get it. You're scared. You're afraid. Yeah. But currently, there are a bunch of people outside that want to murder us. I need you to kind of focus. Um, we don't have that same energy necessarily Necessarily with, like, Helen. We do with, like, Harry and stuff. And he's just, he just ain't shit and won't help. Right. But, um, I think it's just because we spend so much time with just the two of them, it stands out how much you want Barbara to do more. But again, mm-hmm. she is going through some stuff. So, like, she's a little bit... Uh, frozen in that moment, which, you know, take it how you want to. Um, Mm -hmm. I did want to give a very big shout out super quickly to our first zombie, though, because he is on absolute menace behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, I've forgotten how much of like an absolute delinquent this first zombie is, but it's so good. Like it is just honestly so good. And I think part of it is because of the kind of zombies that these are. Like you mentioned earlier, these aren't the zombies that I think a lot of people are used to seeing nowadays Mm -hmm. because I think partially because of the budget and whatnot and what they were working with and a lot of the zombies were just kind of like local 
people that they wanted to be in the film. A lot of it is played very close to home where it's like these zombies are more just like insane people, like people Mm -hmm. who have just lost it as opposed to like shambling corpses. Um, So in that way, they have a little bit of like sentience where I absolutely love the fact that when Barbara's hiding in a car, that the first zombie just takes a rock and starts beating on the door to get in there. Mm-hmm. And like, I love that these zombies can somewhat think um, because I think that adds a little bit more to the tension because it's like, it's not just like a, Oh, I can just fully outsmart these things. They, they don't think clearly, but they can right. still think, which is dangerous. Um, and them also, like you were saying earlier, being so close to almost being human adds this element to it where it just feels like people attacking people yeah which i think you do still feel in zombie films nowadays but there's just something different when they look and kind of operate the way that they do in this movie Mm -hmm. yeah i mean when you look at it so kind of going back to what you were saying about zombies and how this is i mean this movie really created a lot of the tropes of zombies that we know mm-hmm. because zombie zombies as a concept has been around since i think like the 16th century but they were not these types of this form of right. what we know now and they um i think technically the first zombie movie was white zombie which was in the 30s but i think even that is more just about um like voodoo and kind of bringing someone back to just yeah like, kind it was of more about like dark mag- black magic reanimation yeah. yeah and so i think they also kind of as a result had both a hurdle but also kind of a fun prospect of so then what do these what does our version look like and what do they do and what makes them really scary? And so it kind of works out because even though they had a smaller budget so that maybe they couldn't do as much, I also feel like that kind of doesn't matter because nobody's ever seen this sort of version of this before. Mm -hmm. So kind of whatever you do you can say this is a zombie because who who you got who's going to check me nobody like mm-hmm. you don't know and the idea of the cannibalism and killing zombies by like shooting them in the head or just killing their brain was something that this movie championed and and made the thing that we now carry on over years and years and years but i feel like this the way that they made them because you're right it does because of what they are it does really feel like people just people hurting people and that alone is creepy but i do think even still they were very clever with some of the ideas that they added to kind of fit what they needed it to because one of the th- rules that they introduce in this is that if you've been buried, you can't come back, but you change within minutes. So you can't bury someone p- 
post this happening, there's no time. You can't bury anybody. You just have to burn their bodies. And so it makes a lot of sense on why when these people come back, they still look so much like themselves. Because this transformation, this zombie spreading, like it's so quick. Once people die, like they're going to come back within minutes. And I feel like that ended up working out so well because it just kind of supports the makeup that they have in this sense of, of course, this person still looks like themselves. Now, of course, if they had like specific injuries and stuff that would pop up. But yeah, it's like if they just die and then come back. They're going to look a little pale, maybe a little bit, a little spooky. But <laughs> at the same time, they're going to be them. And right. also with like Judy, Judy is the only one that we get to see who changes from a bite. And I mean, even that is something that we like take from this movie and we continue to use is like being bitten spreads the disease immediately. You don't necessarily have to die and do all this stuff like you'll just eventually turn into a zombie. Yeah. But also, too, like I the way that they do kind of walk and shamble I mean, obviously, we'll add quicker zombies and stuff like that. But I still think in this, the way that they walk and kind of shamble, it still feels scary because of the herd mentality that they really yeah. have in this one. Because they're not strong on their own, but they're strong together. Mm -hmm. And they really use that a lot throughout this movie. But I also do actually, this is something that we kind of get rid of because i feel like as time went on we started to make zombies like more and more just, just <laughs> un unstop like they're unstoppable but i do like the idea that they're scared of fire in this because it almost gives them this like self-preservation idea which is also kind of scary because i think it just leans more into oh these are not mindless like they're like animals they're they're hunting and and like an animal would they're not just going to run into fire and be like, oh, well, <laughs> I guess that's it for me. I don't I like that there is stuff in this movie that they kind of have to like work around and that they can use against them. But that's something that I, I feel like as time goes on, we start to say, oh, zombies just don't care. <laughs> right. Yeah, I I like the horde zombies. Like, don't get me wrong. I do enjoy the quick and fast zombies, too. I, I think that that adds a different element um, to the fear factor, um, a little bit of intensity to it. But there is something about this version of the zombie where it's more just like you being overwhelmed by the number, mm -hmm. where I think a lot of the original fear of zombie stems from, where it's like on a 1v1 basis, you can handle these zombies no problem with a little bit of like follow through. Right. So the idea that, you know, one of them is not a problem, but then killing one probably attracts more it's just like that part is still scary so yeah. it's it's a weird balance that i think very much works especially given the circumstance that it's just like a group of strangers trapped in this one location with very minimal contact to the outside world too which is another big factor of like the time that this mm -hmm. movie came out where it's like all you had is the radio and the tv that wasn't even going 24 seven, you know, this was back when it's like, all right, you got to wait till three o'clock before you can get any <laughs> yeah. updates about the situation. And like, that's even more scary to think that you can't just hop on the Google 
and see that zombies are trending and know that something is going on. Like the passage of information is much slower in this time. So it's like catastrophes of this nature. It's hard for the average everyday person to get all the information that they need. And that shit is scary. Right. Well, and I also think too, that, the, yeah, the the media plays a pretty big role in this because that is, yeah, that's their one lifeline. That's the only thing they have to kind of tell them what to do because a lot of them are scared to make a move without knowing if that is what is recommended. And I think that also ties into the type of zombies that we are dealing with is that the media also is kind of giving information as it gets it so some of it is not completely accurate and a lot of times they'll say things without really even knowing if it's true i like when they do that big that interview which i will say these news clips feel very realistic Mm -hmm. i they did a very good job on these news clips specifically the one where they're walking and interviewing Mm -hmm. that feels so real to me if i didn't know it came from this movie and i just saw that clip i would think it was a real news clip because it's just it feels like that is how that would happen. Trying to ask questions and giving as little information as possible while still giving what you think is happening, but that's might not be true because what they think it is, is radiation mm-hmm. has caused this. But even in the beginning, it's this idea of, oh, it's mass hysteria and people are attacking people and the best thing to do is to board yourself in your house and then the next time they get on it's like actually don't board yourself in your house you should leave go to these centers but then you have to wait to see what center you have to go to and it's in this sort of a situation where this is so pressing and it's such a big deal like what's happening is a big deal Mm -hmm. yeah they have to wait to get their information they have to wait hours before a new update happens or they have to wait to see the name of the specific center closest to them go across the bottom of the screen like they're waiting to see if it's like a snow day at school (laughs) it's all this stuff that they have to wait for and they're getting bits and pieces of information and they don't know what to do without getting this information mm-hmm. because they don't know what's going on. But also the people that are in charge have no, no idea, idea what's going on. Like what a what a crazy job to have during the zombie apocalypse, right? To have to report on it mm-hmm. and like figure everything out. I do feel like anytime there are like news stations during zombie films, I do honestly always feel for them because one they're typically going to get taken out at some point. Like you're going to die at work, which really just sucks in the grand Mm -hmm. scheme of things. Um, But two, it's like, yeah, the entire world is in chaos, right? As far as you know, and like all these things are happening and everyone is looking to towards you to give them the answers. And you're like, I don't know the answers either. I'm reading this shit off a teleprompter. Like, I don't know what's going on, but Mm -hmm. still they hold this big responsibility, especially again in like this um, um, in this time where it's like, this is the only way that people are going to know what to do. So like a lot of that responsibility is going to fall mm-hmm. on the people in media to get the information across. And so it is very yeah. smart on the movie to give us a lot of our information about what we're dealing with through the newscasts. Um, and I think that the trickle down of information 
is um, it makes sense. Like the way the way in which we learn about these things in the time frame that we do all kind of lines up where, yeah, it's mass hysteria at first. And then mm-hmm. it's like, no, actually, these people are not are no longer people. And it's like enough time has passed where it's like, OK, they're also eating people we've seen. Right. So you should probably know that, too. Um, oh, we found out if you shoot them in the head, they're dead. You know, like these things are like you can tell that these are things that are happening in real time. And when they get that information, they're then sending the information out to both the survivors and us, the audience members, which feels very realistic. And I think lends into that grounding of this film that you were talking about earlier, because yeah, a lot of this stuff feels very realistic to how most people would react to this Mm -hmm. kind of a circumstance. Um, So yeah, I think it's, very well done um it's not one of those i feel like sometimes like the news portions can take you out of the movie but i really don't think it happens in this no but i also think that's because we get so little information outside of the news but i also think it works in the way that they play it because it does make you feel like you're just part of the group kind of sitting and waiting for a new update and because you're getting clued in at the same time that they're getting clued in. And because this is such a fresh, I mean, we're in on this on the day of it's, it's happening. And so, yeah, it almost just feels like you're sitting around with them kind of watching the updates. And I also like that they use the radio and the TV later on as a thing that unites them. It's honestly Mm -hmm. one of the only things that unites them because Without that, there's a lot of division within this group. Mm-hmm. But the the outside information and the media giving them these updates, it's the only thing that gets all of them together to kind of say, okay, what are we going to do next? And even once that information is given, they still don't agree. Yeah. They still don't agree on what they should do and how they should do it. And that's another thing it's like harry <laughs> so gung-ho about Get the radio the and yeah the radio and they said we have to wait it out blah blah blah. but then as soon as they say something that he doesn't want to do he doesn't want to do it he stills like we should get back in the cellar because they finally say okay actually it's best for you guys to leave but he doesn't want to do that because mm-hmm. he's scared because yeah. he's scary he doesn't want to go outside and then and then his wife i will say <laughs> what i actually what they do with their relationship, I think, was actually very, very interesting because I do think that you could have had just like a family that, you know, was like a typical kind of nuclear family and that she was a little bit more submissive and just kind of let him do whatever. But that's just the way things were. But that's not the case. She, Their relationship is not good. And she even, one of the first things, when we first meet her, she's like, um, I know we don't like to live together, but like dying together is not a good idea. <laughs> and she basically says, our marriage ain't shit, but I'm, and I'm not going to die here with you. And mm-hmm. I just thought that was so interesting to have this couple or this family who also is kind of falling apart internally and now has to deal with this situation together because at the end of the day, Harry is kind of on his own. Like Helen backs him just enough 
if it's about their daughter. Like, because that's what's important to her is what's going on with Judy. And so if it seems beneficial for their daughter, then Helen will back him. But for the most part, she does not give a fuck about, she does not respect him or his ideas Mm -mm. and thinks that a lot of the decisions that he's making are ridiculous. And she lets it be known. Let them stay upstairs. Let them. Too many ways those monsters can get in up there. We'll see who's right. We'll see when they come begging me to let them in down here. That's important, isn't it? What? To be right, everybody else to be wrong. What do you mean by that? And I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. Oh, I, I love the caddy. It's so good. And like, even coming back to this film, there is the vision in the house, but it's really just Harry. Like, because I yeah. feel like in the grand scheme of things, like, Ben, for the most part, is a good leader. Mm-hmm. Um, we see it through his resourcefulness in the beginning portion. Also, I mean, we already gave him flowers for it, but just Dwayne, mwah, fantastic performance. Mm-hmm. Like, he he really does add a... He adds a, something to this film that I think really makes it have that iconic feel to it. And I really think it's just yeah. his training and his delivery. Um, not to say that the rest of the cast didn't do a good job, because I do think the, the entire cast did do a great job. Um, but he's just a standout for me. Yeah. Um, There's like a calmness. Yeah. There's like a calmness to him. And it really does make him feel like he's anchoring the film absolutely um but yeah a lot of the the headbutting comes between him and harry because you know harry thinks that he knows best and he like his wife calls him out on he wants his idea to be the right idea and is not used to especially in this scenario having somebody kind of question his authority but again talking about how ben is about his shit and ain't listening to nobody right now other than his wit his own wisdoms he's like you can you can either listen to what I'm saying or get mm-hmm. your ass back down in that cellar and you go do you. But like, I'm trying to live up here. Yeah. And I think that that conflict is, is it works for me because it's just kind of the two of them. I think if it was really like, uh, like this half of the house versus this mm-hmm. half of the house, it would have gotten a lot more chaotic than what it needs to be. I think it be, being between the two of them, kind of isolates that conflict and i know that like the racial aspect of it wasn't mm-hmm. intentional because the role of ben was just cast colorblind but because of you know the nature of when this film came out and the situation of you having like a black a black protagonist taking the lead versus what would be your typical white and anta- or white protagonist um it does add that level of commentary that although unintentional is still there and i think adds an extra layer to the movie too and i do think you can also see it in Dwayne's performance where it's like as a black male actor in the late 60s these are things that he knew were going to be said Mm -hmm. and thought about his performance regardless of like what was intended for that role um So even though it was an unintentional cast, like racial casting there, I do love that it happened just because it adds that extra level of symbolism to the film mm-hmm. and really kind of echoes the um, the discrepancies between, you know, the two races at the time and like this idea of having 
a a, a black leadership figure and what right. that means. Um, but it's yeah. it's funny because although I think when you have this conversation about this movie nowadays, everyone will see that. But like in the moment, and like when you're watching the the movie. You really can tell that it was a colorblind casting because his race doesn't really isn't written in it there anywhere. There's nothing. There's nothing that's really referencing it. So it's just one of those things that's kind of a circumstantial little bit of um, stuff added to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it becomes subtext because it's never explicitly addressed in the film or even mentioned in the film, and so. It just becomes more of an element that you will simply add on just due to the time period. And I think zombie movies, it's from this moment on, inherently always have a power struggle. Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of expected. And honestly, it's understandable in situations like this. There will always be conflict within these groups of this like power dynamic. And there's always someone who doesn't want the other person to lead and what have you. It's just kind of a thing that we've come to expect. But this would have been the first time that we'd seen it. And of course, there is just that element of two male figures who are used to being the head both trying to be the head of this household Mm -hmm. that now involves just a bunch of random people and how do they handle that there's already that sort of an idea but yeah i think especially when you just add in this one thing that's just different or that is very specific to the time and then all of a sudden there's all this subtext of okay, yes, that is still true, but especially because you are a black man telling me what I should do and that is not okay. And then you add on this and then it becomes this thing with Harry of, oh, is it really that you just don't think Ben is making the right decisions? Mm -hmm. Or is it just that you don't want to take his instruction him him as an authority figure because of who he is yeah like is that the issue because now you you don't know because ben yeah ben is our main hero he's our protagonist he is going to be the center of that story which also was like unheard of at the time Mm -hmm. but yeah we don't know because we don't we can't compare that but it can be implied that that is probably a really big issue for Harry. But it's cool that that is not ever brought to the forefront. It is just always kind of a background thing that you can read into. And so you can kind of put different meanings on all of these. You can put different meanings on him trying to keep Ben out of the house and not, because you have to wonder, it's like, oh, okay, well, if Tom had made it back, would you have let Tom in? Like, yeah, you know, course, you you, course, you have but... to, yeah, you you have to, you start to wonder all of these different things and then you can put all of these different meanings on some of the interactions that they have and then some of the different conversations and decisions that are made just because the fact of the matter is that was an issue mm-hmm. at the time and that was a, a big deal. I mean, even the ending, you know, that's yeah. the big, that's the big discussion was it a mistake? And he was mistaken as 
a ghoul and that's why he got shot? Or did they see that it was a black man and they just shot? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the big argument that that people will have about that ending. But that's yeah, that's just something that I love that the script did not change because of who ended up being our lead. Yeah. Um, because I, and you could also say too, I mean, shoot, even if you had had like a woman in that role of Ben, it, even that would have, would have had added a subtext. power struggle dynamic. Yeah. Absolutely. Just because it's so different. It's just so different than what was expected. And I think as a result, it makes this story much more powerful in the, just the people aspect and not the zombie. like separating it even from the zombies. I think that just by even having him cast as the lead, it added all of this extra power and drama to the human aspect of it. And I think that that is something that we will carry on mm-hmm. in zombie movies for years and years and years, because it just went to show that when there is there like that conflict within our group of survivors it just makes the story so much more compelling than when every single person is like great yeah <laughs> we're going to survive together you know it it just makes it a much more compelling story to have different personalities and different dynamics because that is much more realistic to life mm-hmm. than everyone just agreeing to survive in the same way oh yeah absolutely and honestly lest we forget about the personalities again of tom and judy um just wanted to talk about them for a quick second because similarly to you like they are the characters that i remembered the least um but this watch man i felt so bad for tom tom was such a good guy (laughs) i really like tom and i i love the fact that Despite already kind of being okay in his current situation, he sees somebody who's got new information and he's ready. Like he's mm-hmm. flexible. He's like, okay, no, let's do what's best for the for the group. And like yeah. this guy seems to know what he's talking about. Let's hear him out. Let's help in any way that we can. And like he is really so genuine about just trying to help everybody and get them all out of there. And so it like sucks when you lose both of them in the car. And I will say that. Although I am always and forever will be 100% team Ben, I do kind of have to give him the L for the car situation. For putting the torch putting right the next torch to the car. Right next to that car. Yeah. It's like, brother, you saw, you just shot the gasoline. Like, you know that there's gasoline spewing everywhere. You Dude. should know better than to put that torch so I'm, close to the car. I was like, ugh. My brother in Christ, we can't, (laughs) we can't do this because even if say you didn't shoot at it, it's gas and, and you guys are parked so far away from the pump. It's going to spill. Like (laughs) he has to walk over with this old ass pump and put it in there. It's going to spill. And yeah, Ben lays the still lit torch right next to basically where tom has to put the gas pump in and then has the audacity to be like watch for the torch it's like no ben (laughs) pick up the torch (laughs) why why don't you hold the torch then and so that whole thing it was such a good plan Mm -hmm. and it was going so well Mm -hmm. and then 
yeah, the car catches on fire. Tom drives the car away from the gas pump? Question Which, mark? Well, no, I actually, I, I understand that because he's trying to get it further away from the gas to cause an even bigger explosion, I think. Um, so right. I think that to me does make a little bit of sense to like be like, all right, we know this car is going to blow. Let's get it away from oh, more like preserve. gasoline. And I guess then you can preserve the gas pump. So if you get another car. Mm-hmm you could still fill it up rather than the gas pump just completely obliterating. But also, I mean, it's, I understand what he was trying to do, but also as far as they knew, the truck was their only option. So the truck is done. It's a done deal. And I would just personally I would have probably just taken the L in that situation. He just drives it so far. So by the time he finally gets out of the car, they only have five seconds before it blows up Mm -hmm. and Judy can't get out of the car and then they both blow up. (laughs) And so it's like, I, I I get what he, what he was probably going for, but in the grand scheme of things, it's like, yeah, that turned out to not be the best choice. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do think what that death, what what those deaths do for the story is also very compelling because now it's like we have been who had a good plan and things were going well and he's been doing the right thing all the way up until this moment and this one minor fuck up that he had really did end up costing two of the survivors their lives Mm -hmm. and now harry feels justified in his uh his reluctance to follow ben's lead because it's like okay fine we finally did your plan and look what happened where it's like okay bro there were extra circumstances here but still the situation does remain that only ben came back from this plan and now Mm. it's like all right we tried we tried it your way now i should be the one in charge you can very much tell that that is harry's energy and i think that is probably one of the big reasons why he hesitates to even let Ben back in because he's just like, Mm -hmm. well, if he just dies now, then I get to kind of do my own thing. Right. Which scummy, but also again, I do see where he's coming from, from his perspective. Yeah. Um, From his perspective, but also at the same time, like Ben has been doing everything. mm -hmm. You haven't, the most you've had to do is throw a couple Molotovs. Mm -hmm. So I get that you don't like this man, but at the same time, he he needs Ben him. is taking care of everything, yeah, my guy. He absolutely <laughs> needs him. And I think that is the deciding factor in many of these moments where we see Harry hesitate, think mm-hmm. about leaving Ben to die on his own, but then ultimately ends up going to either let him in, help him board up the door, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Because he knows for a fact, despite how hard hard headed he is, he needs Ben. And Ben is his best ticket to get out of the situation. Um, and But still, I think that that particular event does cause a shakeup in this group that we see yeah. never really fully gets repaired. Because from here, everything kind of just goes downhill. Like, yeah. it all starts popping off. Everything. It just completely dissolves after this, after that instance. Because... Yeah, I mean, that not only kind of destroyed that entire truck, but the aftermath of that is it probably attracted 
way more zombies than were there prior because not only did this car explode and cause a huge scene, but these zombies got a whole barbecue now. Mm-hmm. The way there's that one zombie who was eating like it's a like a turkey leg. <laughs> And it's she so is good. Going I love the way they shot that. In oh my gosh, it made me want to try a piece. I, I was know, like, this right? looks good. <laughs> I was like, normally cannibalism makes me feel real icky in movies, but they really were having a cookout out there. They were having a good old time. I was like, damn. Yo, it was like somebody just pumped some music in the back. <laughs> like this movie will have a whole different we're vibe at and the feel. Family reunion. Yeah. <laughs> It was, yeah, I was like, damn, okay. It was just the way that that specific <laughs> zombie was eating on that leg, just on that turkey leg. munching, yeah. And was... spinning it around <laughs> on the bone. It was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I felt kind of happy for them. I hated to say that, but I was like, oh, I'm kind of happy. Go ahead, eat. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, baby, eat up. Get you another plate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, from that moment on, it's a complete just like the entire group is falling apart um it was a huge blow i mean tom and tom and judy were had been with harry and helen since like the beginning of the day because they're one of those ones who had gotten notice they had heard on the radio that this was happening and escaped to the farmhouse Mm -hmm. and so yeah, they had been with them kind of all day. And I agree. Yeah, Tom was a good guy because he cared. He genuinely cared about everyone. But the thing about it is so does Ben just in a very different way. But Harry is the only one who's very selfish in the sense of he doesn't really care about if other people live or die. What's most important to him is his family, mm-hmm. um, which is another thing that Helen is not down for she doesn't think that that is fair but yeah it's really unfortunate especially but as soon as as soon as judy and tom have that little moment that scene you know they're gonna die Mm -hmm. when he's like you always have a smile for me and like (laughs) they have that whole little heart to heart but i do think that that scene is actually kind of sad because Junie makes this comment about, oh, I wish we could call our parents and just let them know we're okay. Mm-hmm. And they live in this area that this is happening. And they're the only two people who are local. And so you have to kind of wonder if their parents are even alive. Yeah. And if they or if are. they participated in that barbecue. You know what I mean? <laughs> were they out there eating it up? That's what I'm saying. Were they smacking their lips out there? <laughs> or who knows? Maybe their parent, maybe one of their parents was one of the rednecks at the end who Mm -hmm. was going around track because it seemed like those were locals but you have to wonder like it just i feel like theirs is another instance where you just remember like oh shit there are people who have families and are separated from their families and who know there's no way for them to communicate because yeah that's another thing there's the only way they can communicate right now is landlines and the phones are out. Mm-hmm. And so there's no way for any of them to know what's going on with their with their families. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that leads us into our last half where, yeah, everybody dies in, in pretty quick secession. Um, I 
always love the scene where Karen goes to town on her mom. I don't, I think that it's shot so well. I feel like that's a scene that could have been corny, but I always think it is really good. Yeah. It's actually, and it's really sad because the mom kind of just gives up. I mean, she says multiple times that Karen is like all she has and she's so all, you know, like she cares about her so much and she's just worried about her the whole movie to come down and see that she'd been worrying about a dead girl this whole time, basically. Mm-hmm. And for her to be killed so violently for that, it just, it's really unfortunate, but it's shot in a really cool way. And I think it actually works with her just like constantly screaming mm-hmm. <laughs> in the background while it keeps, while she keeps stabbing her. Yeah, with the little a little really psycho stab. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate two things about it as well. And one that I can't imagine like how much of a plot twist that was for people like before yeah. we established this whole idea of the bite turns oh, you because it said so very true. casually mm-hmm. the fact that like yeah she got bit at some point and nowadays in any zombie film we are so aware of what that means for any character right but for this movie in particular i think a lot of people didn't know what that mm-hmm. meant um other than like maybe this character is just injured right so the fact that we get that reveal of like, oh, even a bite will turn you into one of these things um, into the other part of the kind of zombies that these are, because there's still a little bit of sentience to them. The There is something very iconic about Karen just killing her mom versus Karen just mm-hmm. eating her mom. You know what I mean? Like there is... I think if Karen had just like leapt on her and just started like munching and whatnot, it still would have been sad. It still would have had an effect to it. But there's something about just her stabbing her with with the with the like shovel or whatever it is, the little hand thing that it's it just hits different, you know, and like. I think that's something that's only really possible because of the nature of how these particular zombies work. And I think it's an Mm -hmm. an effective moment. Um, And so it's like all the seller stuff works very well for me. Um, I do. (laughs) Like, I don't blame him. But the the fact that Ben just straight up says fuck it and shoots Harry is still kind of wild to me. (laughs) It is pretty crazy. I mean, I guess at that point, though, it seemed like Harry was going to try and shoot him. And so if would you I guess it's the idea of do you continue to let this guy who could turn on you live just because you might need the help? Or do you just take him out because he is too much of a threat Mm -hmm. and you just don't have the time? And Ben said, I really don't have the time. (laughs) And so, yeah, shoots Harry. That's when Harry has his death moment. Um, Also, I love going back to what you said. I do just think that that is also another thing that kind of reads into this idea that these zombies are not totally mindless because I do feel like there is something to be said about the fact that Karen kind of had to take her mom down before because these zombies don't eat you to kill you they kill you and then they take their time eating you Mm -hmm. and i think that there is maybe almost this idea of this fight wouldn't be even so 
it's easier to just kill her because I mean, we see it when Karen goes up the stairs, Ben basically like throws her <laughs> into a fucking wall Get out of here, and girl. just runs right past her. Yeah. So it's like, uh, but no, it, it does work so much better that way. I also love, see this is, and this is what I'm Ben. This was Ben's point the entire time because the whole time Harry's wants to be in the cellar. He wants to go into the basement. He thinks it's safer down there. Blah, 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 blah. He thinks it's better reinforced. There's only one way in. But there, then there's also only one way out. And that's Ben and Tom's argument is that if they do get down into the basement, you're done. Like you, you there's nothing that you can do. But up there, there's so many places to exit. And Ben even says if they get into the house, we can just run into the basement and that'll yeah. be like our last resort. And that's what Ben does. And then Ben survives. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, because that makes sense. That makes sense. Harry keeps acting like they have to live in the basement the entire time. Which is like, he's not wrong that it's a, a well-reinforced spot, but like he's just so tunnel vision on that yeah. one aspect of being right quote unquote is like this is the most reinforced spot yeah but like there are other options bro yeah and it's like that is true but that doesn't mean we have to be down there just down there all the time it's like if that's reinforced and it'll hold up then great if things start to go wrong then we'll run down there and that's what ben does and that ends up being fine and also Part of the reason that his Helen dies is because she goes into the basement and they didn't know that Karen was sick uh, or that she was going to be a zombie. And yeah, you're right. Is that that would have been such a such a shock because Ben even mentions after they tell him that she was bit. He says something about like, who knows what kind of diseases those things hold. But you can tell they're more worried about like regular diseases yeah. that could just make her sick mm -hmm. and not diseases that could also turn her into one of them but yeah i mean ben runs down and kind of holds himself in there for the rest of the night until morning when they are going around and they're clearing all of the zombies out like they are actually going around and and taking them down and it seems like they're clearing them out pretty yeah. well there's something and about like how casual the sheriff is that I kind of like. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Or it's just like, yeah, I mean, this all sucks and whatnot, but we got a lot of guns and there's a yeah, lot of yeah. us. So we're kind of handling the situation. Mm -hmm. It's going to take some time, but we, we got this. We're kind of fine. Oh, also, I saw a zombie butt. There was a zombie, but I forgot. I mean, I'm sure they didn't play it on TV, so that's probably why I wasn't aware. But yeah, yeah full zombie booty, that caught me by surprise, too. That was a surprise. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure this movie is not rated. Which would make sense, I think. Sense, I, think. I don't even know if they really they, did ratings back I, then. I think it was post this film that, that they, they decided, to. like, maybe we should have ratings because some kids went to go see this one and did yeah. not come out of it okay. Maybe the zombie butt was a bit much. Yeah. Which, and that's also another thing. So the whole copyright issue, that's something that they don't have to worry about today is, like, is putting, like, the copyright in the film like if you don't do that it doesn't necessarily mean that your movie is just going to be like caught like mm -hmm. public domain 
But I guess with this one, originally it was going to be called like Night of the Flesh Eaters. Yeah, something like that. They put the copyright on that title, but then when they switched the name, <laughs> they didn't update it, so it was still on the old title. And then they like re-edited the movie with the new title card, and they didn't have the copyright on it. Um, so for anyone who's wondering why that happened, it mm-hmm. was a name change that just did not get edited over, and because of the laws at the time that automatically meant that this movie was public domain. It was free game. And like, I honestly can't even be mad because that really sounds like a mistake that I would just make. So I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> Sucks, but I get yeah. it, bro. <laughs> yeah, but I also guess they were really rushing this edit. Not rushing it, but they were really trying to like hurry up and finish it so they could start distributing it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it just seemed like one of those things that just kind of got fell through the cracks and also yeah it was like kind of a the name change was unexpected that would only happen because there's already a movie called flesh eaters that they so they just needed to change it but Mm. yeah it just fell through the cracks which is unfortunate yeah but i mean all in all still ended up working the ending i know we've talked about a little bit too but i always go back and forth like i like the ending just because Mm -hmm. like i like this movie um and but when it comes to this ending, I have a similar feeling to our get out discussion because that movie has like multiple endings where there's mm. the realistic ending and then there is the ending that we got in theaters, which um, is more of like the feel good ending where, yeah. you know, we have a win at the end. And, you know, knowing when this knowing everything about this movie that we know, right, it just you want been to survive so badly like it would just feel so so good it would feel like such a big win to see this black man come out of this situation and live but he doesn't and like it adds this level of melancholy to the end that although it makes me feel ugh, it makes me feel ugh in like the Mm -hmm. best way where it's just like these situations don't always end pretty you know and like Sometimes you get the bad end, and that's kind of what we get here, despite the fact that we saw this character win. And so it's like, I hate the ending, but it's like a love-hate, where I'm like, man, this ending hurts me, but I love it, too, at the same time. It's one of those endings where it sucks, but it makes so much sense, because... Yeah, Ben is a character that we're rooting for the entire time. He has been fighting so hard, not only for himself, but for other people to make it through. And he's been resourceful and he's been making, for the most part, all of the right decisions. And we ended prior to this happening on him making a right decision. One that seemingly has saved his life. But at the same time, it makes so much sense that we are just watching a snapshot of a doomed house. Mm-hmm. Like this is a, ha- we're watching one moment with these people during this crazy night that just, there was no hope and there was nothing they could do no matter how hard they tried. And at the end of the day, that is what it ended up being is that every single person who was there, no matter how much they tried, it didn't work out. And Ben's particular story of that is maybe one of the most tragic, although I will say for most almost everybody in this house their ends were pretty tragic it was like 
some of the worst, like being killed by your own brother, being killed by your own daughter, like all yeah. these horrible <laughs> things like that happen to these people. Ben's is especially hard because he was so close. But also, yeah, it just makes so much sense that this house is just, it's doomed. They were never going to survive this night. And there was really nothing that anybody could do. And the fact of the matter is like, you really, we really don't know what the world is like outside. Not to say that Ben being killed is a good, is a better option than him trying to find out a way to survive in this new world. But I also don't think that it is like a surprise that with the way that things are going, that this would have happened because yeah, we have a bunch of people who are, who have been tasked to help who really aren't <laughs> like they're not meant to be doing this. They're not meant to be helping. And we even see like the sheriff's going around just being like, oh yeah, shoot him in the middle of the eyes. Blah, 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 blah. Like just telling people to just shoot at whatever they see moving. Yeah. And that's another thing where it's very obvious that they don't really have a plan for survivors. It no, feels like they're they, an extermination. They're, yes. And it feels like there probably weren't many survivors if any because you would think that if there were they would have some kind of a plan in place to just make sure they're not just shooting at people but they don't they're just assuming that everybody is dead and then killing them again and so yeah it just sucks but at the same time it's like that makes so much sense i also love though this ending like the credit sequence yeah. of the ending is so good where we just keep getting these like snapshots of them coming into the house and like them like looking aftermath. at ben yeah and it's like their names are rolling and the music's playing it's so good mm -hmm. but yeah it just really sucks because ben sucks. is so close but also i think that that was really the only way that this was going to end for any of the people in this house. It was just kind of like a, it was a battle that they just could not win as hard as they tried. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but all in all, still a great film, still mm -hmm. so iconic, legendary. Um, but just like all the other films, we do have to rate this one. So we do have to rate this one. My last two things that I want to say is a, the raw strength of Ben crazy the way he ripped that wood like those wooden planks off mm -hmm. i was like that's kind of crazy <laughs> also my last two favorite lines is one of them was from ben when he tells when he tells harry that he feels sorry for karen because her dad is so stupid listen i got a kid down there she she can't possibly i couldn't bring her up here she can't possibly take all the racket and those those things smashing through the windows well you're her father if you're stupid enough to go die in that trap, that's your business. However, I am not stupid enough to follow you. It is tough for the kid that her old man is so stupid. Now, you get the hell down in the cellar. You can be the boss down there. I'm boss up here. That. <laughs> I was like, damn. That was, to his face, though? <laughs> that was crazy. That was a good one. And then I also like when the sheriff, <laughs> when the people are, I don't remember. I think it's like a reporter or someone asks about the zombies and they're like yeah they're moving slow aren't they and the sheriff goes yeah they're dead they're all messed up are they slow moving chief 
Yeah, they're dead. I don't know, like the way <laughs> the way that he says it. I was like, He's okay, so nonchalant. He was like, yeah, you know, I've seen some crazy shit. This is just a Thursday to me. Uh, a little bit more eventful. I hope I get paid some overtime for this. But truly, uh. <laughs> he was thinking about that <laughs> that that beer that he was gonna have as soon as he went home. He didn't give give a fuck. Yeah. Um. Let's see. We could rate this out of ghouls. Ghouls. Ooh. I don't know. I kind of like ghouls, and it's almost like blocking me from thinking of other thinking things. Thinking of other things. <laughs> we can do ghouls. I can't imagine us using ghouls, just ghouls again. Okay. I'd be very surprised. Very surprised. All right. I don't mind ghouls. We can make it out okay. of ghouls. Perfect. Would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? Um, I actually think I would like you to go first. Okay. I am going to give Night of the Living Dead. Hmm. I think I'm going to give it 4.9 ghouls out of five. Mm-hmm. Because this movie is just a classic. It redefined the zombie subgenre and has been so influential on all that we've seen from it uh, since then. And the writing in this movie, I'm just so impressed. I know that some of it was improv, but as far as like the sequencing of events and just the things that happen, I just think it's all done so well. And so much of it just feels still so contemporary at the same time like we watching this i've still i just kept thinking that it feels like this is a movie that could come out today Mm -hmm. and i wouldn't think twice about it i really appreciate the conflicts that arise within the group because normally i will say as much as that is a staple of the genre it does still piss me off sometimes like the conflicts that can arise within groups and zombie media is annoying to me at times but i don't feel that way in this movie i kind of can see where majority of our characters are coming from and i understand why they make the choices that they make and i love the way that a lot of different themes get interwoven into this i love the zombies and i love the way that everything gets wrapped up I think that it's just done really well. And considering I'm such a low budget, considering we're at one location the entire time, it's not a boring movie to me. I I think especially now that I'm older, I really, really appreciate it from beginning to end. The only reason that it's not perfect for me is just because I I do feel at times that after Tom and Judy die, even though this is the part that I've seen the most, I do sometimes feel like the the pacing of that last bit is a little bit off for me. Like I I always just feel like everything happens so fast, which I love to a certain degree because I feel like that's very realistic. But I don't know. I've always felt like I've just wanted like a little bit something more. Okay. Post the two of them dying, especially with us to deal with that. I feel like I, I sometimes I miss that. And I understand that Tom and Judy aren't 
necessarily reflected like or, or aren't related to our people but i don't know sometimes it feels like they die and then it's like bye <laughs> <laughs> bye guys r.i.p so mm-hmm. um that's the only thing that i've i've always wished and i think i noticed it the most because like i said i've seen this post them dying is what i've seen the most of and honestly that's why i feel like i don't remember tom and judy is because nobody really more talks about them or nothing ever really happens from their from their death besides harry using that to turn against ben um but it's it's as far as like a movie making and when it's done for a job the genre it's a five out of five but for me personally just like from an enjoyment standpoint 4.9 ghouls out of five okay no shame in that um (laughs) I, i hear you out i i think for me um i'm still gonna end up giving this one a five out of five mm-hmm. ghouls um which is also a little bit of a personal redemption now watching it and like really appreciating it versus like seeing it when i'm younger and being like this yeah. movie's so slow like nothing's happening like i <laughs> i am very glad that we're covering it just so that i got to really have that i think full real first watch of it yeah. um because it just it really did, as somebody who loves this genre, remind me why I love this genre so much. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it captures, um, one, all of the elements that have stemmed from this film. Um, I think it still does them all very, very well. Um, despite some, despite the fact that some of this movie plays out in a somewhat humorous way just because of when it was shot and mm-hmm. the budget which, with which it had, it still doesn't bother me and actually now gives me even more enjoyment because I think a lot of this film is very grounded and serious. But when it comes to like some of the fight scenes or like even the tussle with the first zombie, like if you don't take it too, too seriously, it's just kind of fun to watch. And I think those moments of unintentional humor or just like things to break away from the seriousness of the matter really work for me and make the experience of watching this movie a full one as opposed to like, um, you know, just a, a, a serious slog through the zombie genre. Um, and it's just, I don't know, dude, there's nothing really I would change about this movie. Even how bittersweet the ending is, I, I don't think I would touch it. I would keep it the same way that we have it here. Um, I think Romero, without... It, whether it was his intention or not, he really did solidify what this genre was and what it will go on to be. And I think that it is no mistake that we have pulled from this movie for so many decades now mm-hmm. to just keep retelling this tale of flesh eating beasts. I think it is a fantastically made film, um, very well acted. And um, it just has, again, this this icon energy that i cannot shake and i do think that upon re-watching this it has kind of solidified itself in at least like my top five films of all time so mm-hmm. gotta go ahead and give this bad boy a nice personal five out of five ghouls from me hey let's go also last note using a door to reinforce a door boss move power move <laughs> that is a big brain move i was like damn that's good so once again, shout out to Ben. Yeah, being my zombie survival team any day of the week, oh, my guy. Matter of fact, you could leave that shit, bro. I'll take I'll take the backseat. You know what you're doing. I don't even need you know what, kick me off the team. <laughs> what am I adding? Nothing. 
But <laughs> that is it for us today, homies. We would love to hear what you guys think of this movie. You can let us know on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer to email us, you can at homiesofhorror at gmail.com. You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. Or you can come into our Discord if, if you'd like to talk a little bit more in depth. Discord is where we hang out with the homies. And you can find the link for that in our social media bios. And we would love to see you there. Also, if you're listening to this on Monday, that means that we are streaming on Twitch tonight. Twitch is where we play spooky games, hang out, have some drinks, have some laughs. If you would like to come through, you can find the link for that also in our social media bios. And last but never least, if you're feeling so inclined, we'd very much appreciate it if you'd leave us a rating or a review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. The more ratings and reviews we get, the better recommends our show to more listeners. And we just like to hear what you guys are thinking of the show. So if you have an Apple account and haven't done so, we'd love for you to. Over on Spotify, you can leave us a rating by simply clicking the stars underneath our name. But that is it for us today, homies. As Halloween gets closer, we get stronger. So we will be seeing you next week with another spooky episode. Catch you next time, homies. Bye. <laughs>